We are the Armchair Quarterback Show, your first choice for sports talk live from the First Coast. Give me a bottle of your very best. Your Majesty, if you were king, you wouldn't be afraid of anything? Not nobody! Not know-how! Not even a rhinoceros? Imposterous! How about a hippopotamus? Why, I'd trash him from top to bottom with Supposing you met an elephant? I'd wrap him up in cellophane! What if it were a brontosaurus? I'd show him who was king of the forest! How? How? Courage! What makes a king out of a slave? Courage! What makes the flag on the mast away? What makes the elephant charge his tusk in the misty mist or the dusky dusk? What makes the muskrat guard his musk? Courage. What makes the sphinx the seventh wonder? Courage. What makes the dawn come up like thunder? Courage. What makes the hot top so hot? What puts the ape in ape because? What have they got that I ain't got? Courage. You can say that again. Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. The All-American Man. Hey! Howdy, high Top of the morning to you. Welcome to the Armchair Quarterback Radio Show. I'm Mac McGee sitting alongside just uh, Tony Agolini. Excuse me. Tony, how the hell are you this morning, sir? I'm good, man. Hanging out. How about you? Good. Uh, ready for a big time football weekend. Thanksgiving's one of the greatest ones. The only thing that sucks this year is that we don't get Florida State, Florida like we normally do. So it feels weird. We don't get Clemson, South Carolina. We don't get Georgia, Georgia Tech. I know I'm leaving a lot off. We don't get Ohio State, Michigan traditionally like we normally do. Um, we will get that later in the year, but they, it doesn't, I don't know. It just feels weird. I, the only thing I don't understand is the games that were played this year. Why didn't they not play them on the traditional Thanksgiving weekend, right? But um, anyways, I don't think they took that into account. I think they should have. And we don't get, you know, one that, one that I always miss, Tony, is the, it's probably been longer than I realized, but I know within the last 20 years, we used to get Texas A&M in Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, me too. I missed that one. Um, are there any others that are no lo- o- Oklahoma, Nebraska? I think used to be back back when we were kids. I think it used to be the Friday afternoon game. I could have that one wrong. Um, are there are, are there any others that you could think of off the top of your head that uh, you know that they don't do anymore? Oh, for Thanksgiving. I mean, I, I think you pretty much uh, for this weekend. I think you pretty much hit them. Um, there, there are some other rivalries in college football that aren't played Thanksgiving that I miss, but uh, yeah, I, I think you hit them all. Um, go, going into this weekend, though, we've got the top four of college football was revealed last night. No big shockers. We it is uh, Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State. I was a little surprised that Clemson was ranked in front of Ohio State. I guess that's just because Ohio State hasn't played many games. Is is the reasoning for that? Were you surprised by any of it last night? Uh, not really. I was, um, I mean, I, I think, you know, with Clemson, they probably just took, you know, it's part of it. They took into account that Lawrence didn't play and, or, and, you know, they haven't really had a chance to play here in the last few weeks. Um, 
but yeah, no, I, I know, uh, you know, a couple of the national guys thought BYU was was way too low and uh, maybe that Cincinnati wasn't included. But I, I think part of that, I mean, it's just the first one. Some of these teams are going to knock each other off coming up down the road. So, uh, you know, there's opportunity for Cincinnati to move up. And I think BYU is probably more just a reflection maybe of their schedule. Well, you know that I was going to have an issue with BYU because I've been chiming their, their bell wearing their sandwich board, you know, bringing yeah. the Cougars. Um, but I didn't expect them to be in the top four, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But 14th? Yeah, I was thinking top 10 Yeah, that's asinine. You've got them below teams. Oklahoma's got two losses. Iowa State's got two losses. Uh, Indiana has just lost. Miami. Georgia has two losses. Those are the ones that I have an issue with. Miami, you could almost talk me into it, but how bad they lost is what bothered me. Right, it wasn't the fact that they lost to Clemson. It was the fact that they they were flat out blown out in that game. Right. And I don't know how I can have Miami in my top ten because what you're saying is that if a few teams lose here and there, that Miami could work their way back into the into the uh, into the national championship talk. And the way they were blown out, maybe that's just the Florida State fan in me, but the way they were blown out, I just I just can't buy it. Yeah, I'm with you. I still, uh, they've got one one loss still there. To me, they're still, you know, maybe the worst one loss team uh, out of all of them, I think. I think they have to be. I can't think of anyone else who's, who's sitting there that, that, I think A&M blows them out if they play. I think Florida blows them out if they play. Um, yes. I think that, honestly, I think Iowa State probably beats them and Indiana probably beats them. I probably have them. They keep saying that that they go with the eye test now that you don't have as much to go on off of you know out, out of conference games or whatnot. I get the two losses over one loss, but when you get beat that badly in your one loss and the only really formal game you've had, you probably should have lost the Virginia Tech game. But Virginia Tech's quarterback is just absolute trash and couldn't couldn't move the ball into field goal range with two minutes left, which is just unheard of in, in college football. Um, the other ones that I had circled, Cincinnati's number seven. I still think that's a little too high, especially because they struggled against Central Florida. This is not this is not your slightly older brother's Central Florida team. This team is you know it's it I wouldn't say a rebuild, but it's it's not your typical Central Florida team. Remember they lost a boat ton of people to uh, to COVID. Uh, that they opted out for the year. And then the other one that jumped out at me was I felt like Oregon is ranked a little low at 15th, considering they're undefeated. I know they haven't played much of a schedule yet, but Oregon should be ranked closer to the top 10, probably USC as well. And Northwestern deserves to be there, but they're frauds and they won't stay there. What say you? Anything else jump out at you? I mean, I think you hit it all. I think uh, talking about Miami, I think one of the other. Oh, games... what's Oklahoma? What is Oklahoma doing? Ranked eleventh. I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're fine. Oklahoma, um, really? Two losses? Yeah, I was. Uh, I was surprised with that. Um, Miami also. We we both kind of watched that NC State game, uh, waiting for NC State to blow that Miami game because they had it in the bag, and, and sure enough, they they did. 
Um, yeah, I'm with you on Cincinnati. I watched a decent amount of that game. I think Dylan Gabriel for UCF is really good. Um, UCF likes to get up like 14-3, and then their, their defense wears out in the first quarter, and, and then all of a sudden they can't stop anybody. Um, and, and actually, Cincinnati had a chance to, to make that uh, lead, to make that final score actually a little bit worse than it was by another touchdown and, and couldn't get in with like 30 seconds left. And honestly, if I'm Cincinnati, I probably tried my hardest to go ahead and score there so that everybody who didn't watch every play um, you know, I agree. The, yeah, the I, score. I feel, I feel like that. That's that stuff in in this day and age. This this year specifically, excuse me. You have to have that on your mind. You just have right. to. Yeah, absolutely. You especially with such a, a short short season. You got so many and no out of conference so games. to compare mm-hmm. against. In other right. years, we would be sitting here saying, "Well, Oklahoma's got two losses, but their win against Oklahoma State was really good." And Oklahoma State, remember, beat whoever that you want to throw in the bunch. You know, we'll, we'll say right. that you know that Oklahoma State had taken out a, an, an Indiana or something. Then, right. you, then you can understand Oklahoma being ranked high, but Oklahoma being ranked up eleventh is absurd. Yeah, and then I mean, I think with the rest of it is a lot of it's semantics. Like you know, Florida. Florida wins out and beats Bama. You know, they're, they're going, so it doesn't really matter where we're ranked now. And then, you know, for when Florida loses to Alabama, you know, A&M will be ahead of them, but it's not going to matter because they're not getting in the playoffs either. So, um, you know, but I, I'm with you. I, I think they did pretty well. I, I think there's there's a, a few teams um, that we could disagree on with, with what the playoffs came out as, but, you know, those teams are so far down, it's not going to matter anymore. Okay, let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, we got a lot more to talk about. The Iron Bowl, Notre Dame, North Carolina. That's a big matchup. And a lot more here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Keep it locked in. We'll be back in about 90 seconds on the Armchair Quarterbacks and CBS Sports Radio. Amazon Prime members now get free grocery delivery with a minimum order. You'll get your groceries with two-hour delivery. So in that time, you can finally figure out where the biblioteca is. Learn how to play the acoustic guitar and I guess get a puka shell necklace. Do a makeup tutorial but realize halfway contouring is hard and you're beautiful just as you are. Whatever it is you're doing with your time, your shopper will be carefully picking out your favorite organic meats, produce, dairy, and snacks while providing contactless delivery to your door. Free two-hour grocery delivery now with Prime. That? That's the sound of NyQuil Severe hard at work. NyQuil Severe is the best sleep with a cold medicine. No tossing and turning, just rest and recovery. <coughs> so you're ready to take on tomorrow. For powerful relief of your worst cold and flu symptoms, try NyQuil Severe. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, stuffy head, best sleep with a cold? Medicine. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. Cha-cha now, yo. Cha-cha again. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks on CBS Sports Radio. Clap your hands. Four for four on this drive. As Trask. Now he wants one downtown. A jump ball into the end zone. And it's won by Grimes for the touchdown. On the pontoon. Make your ways and catch your raise up on the roof. Jumping off the back door and like you don't want to. Party in slow motion. Welcome back here to the armchair quarterbacks. Caught the tail end of that. Now is that your pooch? Yeah, we just got her on Friday. She's a rescue from Tampa, and we we've been in through the process since like February. We probably could have adopted three kids in the time it took us to adopt this dog, but uh, 
anyway, she's uh, making herself at home and um, hasn't been too big of a pain. She's two, so she's pretty. Uh, she's pretty. She's probably more broken in than I am. So, what's her name? Her name is Daisy, which was her given name. She already knows it, so we, okay. we didn't want to change it to uh, Spurrier, Werfel, Trask, whatever. So. Right. And well, she's a sheep, so. with it being. With her coming from Tampa, I I just assumed it was going to be like Spurrier Bandits or something like that, you know. <laughs> well, we we could name her COVID. We could yell COVID all throughout the neighborhood. <laughs> probably give people the wrong idea, but uh, no, she's she's good. She's getting adjusted and uh, uh, knows how to go to the bathroom outside, which I'm pretty excited about more than me. For for uh, people that listened yesterday, I had an attack for my dog uh, Coda. She, uh, <laughs> dude, she's feeling better, dude. Yeah. But I, I swear, I, th- I think she was sitting on the vent because there was like a gas bomb that went off here in my office around, <laughs> I don't know, about halfway through the show. And I was like, God bless. When we took a break, I came back and I had a mask and I had Febreze out. I was spraying everywhere. <laughs> I was, you know, she can really uh, sneak up on you with them, especially as an older dog. And she's taking medicine for her uh, injuries. Um, and I think that had something to do with it being more prevalent. But man, so then I noticed this morning, right before we started the show, and I'm always running around like a chicken with a head cut off, getting drinks, just sit down in my my notes, and of course putting 37 things on as we're run, running on all these different platforms. It always it's always a, a challenge because um, because people don't realize I have a small window. I have to start it, the CBS affiliates pick it up, and then I can start doing my other things. I can't do it before that. It's a long story, but it's just the way it's set up. Um, and as I'm running around out there, I noticed, oh, she's made her way into the living room. And see, there's an opening between my studio and the living room. So before she was sitting at the front door, I was like, now she's, because I closed the door. I was like, oh, she's trying to sneak attack me. So I'm just expecting, so if you see me just fall out, that's what's happening. Well, uh, my, my wife knows how you feel. And that was before we got a dog. So <laughs> Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Me and my wife, our, our favorite thing to do is to, you know, blame the smell of the dog on right. on, on, on each other. <laughs> yeah, we got that down. Yeah, you know damn good. Well, that's not a human smell, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, anyways, moving on from that, we'll get much more into uh, the uh, pooch's or, uh, odors down the road. But uh, since it is college football talk and the, it is – Thanksgiving weekend. I figure the first one to jump on is the Iron Bowl. Auburn's a 24 and a half point favorite. I was a little surprised it's that much, but man, Mac Jones and the Alabama Crimson Tide have looked almost unbeatable. So I get it. It's it's in Tuscaloosa, but I can't imagine it's it's full stands yet, even though it is Alabama. <laughs> Anything goes there. Um I 24 and a half is a lot. But it, but then you look at it another way, and you're like, I don't know if it's enough. Do you think the rivalry alone could keep this closer than what the experts think? Yeah, I'd be shocked if if Bama wins this game by 24. I think that's a that's a ton, and and I know Bo Nix is terrible um, outside of Jordan Hare, um, and and Bama looked really. Bama's really short up their defense, I think, in the last uh, three four games. And, and granted, they played a Kentucky team that was missing a bunch of people, including the the best player on their team, which is the running back. And I'm, I'm guessing he's back against us this week, although they haven't totally said yet. Um, but, uh, no, I, I think Bama would, will win this comfortably. 
um, like a 38 to 20, something like that. So like an 18 point spread, but yeah, 24, 25, that, that seems like too many, uh, for this one. And it's not like, like you said, you know, it's, it's still limited attendance even in Alabama. Although I, I think maybe a few more people might sneak into this one than, uh, than previous games, but, um, you know, you're not going into like a raucous Brian Denny and, uh, you know, playing in front of 98,000 or however many that place seats now. Now the ex Tennessean wants to say that if, if they only do a count by how many teeth are averaged, then it might be a packed house. But you know, I, I, I would not stoop that low now that I no longer live in Tennessee, right? Um, okay, so let's go ahead and get into stupid underdog picks. This is a perfect time to do it. I know that uh, Matt Carr took UTEP, and when he did it yesterday, if you were not listening, Tony, he thought he was taking your sweethearts of the UTSA. <laughs> And I had to correct him. He said, well, I think he likes them anyway, so I'm going to take care of Right. That's like, that's like getting Florida and Florida State confused. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, that is a bitter, bitter rivalry between yeah, Utah and UT, UTSA. I mean, th- <laughs> those two campuses are separated by either one mile or 458. I'm not 100% sure which one, but I, I know that they're in the same state. Um, that's right. <laughs> okay, so he took UTEP. And then I'm going to go with Rutgers. They're getting 12 against Purdue. And I'm hoping Purdue still has their dauber in the dirt from getting uh, really screwed in that in that yeah. uh, game on Friday night. So where are you going? Oh, and by the way, Angelo took uh, Florida State. I forgot to mention that one. Okay. Um, I'm going to make Friday interesting. I'm going to go to Vegas. And I'm going to take UNLV. Uh, I got 16 and a half uh, hosting Wyoming. Okay. So we'll, uh, we'll do that. I haven't seen either team play. I know UNLV won the 1990 championship in basketball. Uh, Wyoming, Jay Novacek went there. But based on all that, I'm going UNLV this week. So for people who haven't heard this before, we, we do this normally on Saturday mornings, but we're not doing a Saturday morning show because of Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, what this is, Stupid Underdog Picks, real quick, is that you pick an underdog to win outright. If they win outright, you get all those points. If they cover the spread, you get two. If they don't cover the spread, you get negative two. So you can swing uh, anywhere from your point spread that you picked to a four-point po- four swing one way or the other. And so Matt Carr, is uh, he took it on the chin last week, so he did not cover the spread. So he's uh, five-and-a-half points is where he's at. And then I'm at 22-and-a-half. Angelo is 23, you're at 26, and you slid in front, right behind uh, Sean O'Toole, who's going to be making his pick in the, in the next segment. Uh, he is down to 27, as he as he did not uh, make a pick. And when you don't make a pick, you, you didn't cover the spread. And so that's all we'd, we'd, we set that in place so that some of the guys who haven't chimed in can't jump in there at the end of the season. My fear at the time was that we would all be sitting around, you know, <laughs> right, right around the Mendoza line. And then someone comes yeah. in in the final week and goes, I'll take the Vikings plus seven, and they win the whole damn thing. So right. um, th- that's why that's set up like that. Okay. Um, Moving on from that, North Carolina, Notre Dame. You know, this is a small spread, five, six-point spread, depending on where you're looking at. Um, I'm a little surprised Notre Dame's not a little more of a favorite, but that North Carolina offense, offense is explosive, so I get that. I just feel like Notre Dame is going to be able to move the ball at will on that North Carolina defense, and I would think they could come away with the win, although it is on the road. But once again, North Carolina is one of those blue states who's not letting fans in the stands, so it's essentially an exhibition 
type feeling. I think it's a little difficult to get up mentally. That would be the only thing I could see Notre Dame just being almost like asleep at the wheel because they're used to playing in front of crowds this year, not, albeit not big crowds except for the COVID one that rushed the field when uh, <laughs> when Clemson uh, <laughs> came a knocking. But what say you on this game? Because I've got Notre Dame winning this game by about seven to ten points and fairly high scoring, somewhere like I'm, I'm going to call it like 37-27. Actually, I think I like, and I want I want Notre Dame to win because I want to see the Notre Dame Clemson rematch with with Clemson at full strength, um, and I don't want to see Miami somehow in the ACC championship game. But I I'm going to pick UNC in this game. I think um, the, my thing with right? UNC is yeah my my thing with UNC is they need to you know, play as well in the first half as they do in the second half. They've been a second-half team. They've rallied in a bunch of these games. Um, they, they blew my uh, stupid underdog pick a couple weeks ago by rallying late against Wake Forest. Um, and I think uh, with, with their passing attack, I think they can limit uh, – they have their passing attack, it's, it's not as much based on big plays, but they'll go, you know, 10, 12 plays for, you know, 75 yards and, and you know, Howell will complete eight or nine passes. So – um, it's kind of a ball controlled passing game and maybe keep Notre Dame from wearing them down with the uh, the run game. So I, I like UNC in this game and uh, I, I think uh, it'll you know shake things up in the the playoff and it, it's gonna be it, it might get a little weird uh, with um, the ACC and if they go to like the winning percentage tiebreaker and some of this other random stuff. I heard the Miami play by play guy on local radio uh, uh, yesterday and he was kind of explaining it and I'm thinking, God, that team's gonna play for the conference championship, but yeah, you know, he knows how it's going to fall out. Well, here's the thing: if Clemson doesn't play that game with Florida State, I was saying this yesterday, or or maybe it was the day before, because I was laughing about how Clemson's all pissed off at FSU and that they didn't want they don't want to play the game and da 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 da. And I'm like, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot because if you don't play the game, Miami's going to have the winning percentage over you. You so exactly. so the ACC is going to make sure Clemson has a chance to play that game because that's who they won in the ACC championship. But if Clemson refuses, then Miami's going to go, and it'll be really interesting to see what the committee would say because they might say, "Hey, man, you won't play a game to get you in." Bye. Yeah, we'll we'll put Notre Dame in, and Clemson will see you next year because because yeah. Dabo continues to sit to to stick his foot in his mouth. I mean, this we're going on four days now. And I think even Clemson fans are at the point where they're like, just shut up. I'm surprised someone in the administration has it came over and said, man, you've got to stop. You're going to get yeah, you, you're going to get kids to start jumping in the portal because the parents are going to because some of the stuff that he's saying makes it sound like that he doesn't take COVID very seriously. And yeah, so I the, think I think you get like you get like 24 hours you get like one presser, and I think Sunday there was like an ACC conference call or something like that. You get one, let's pack the swamp, and then it's forgiven, right? Yeah. But, and if, then, but if Mullen kept banging that drum till Friday of the next week, you'd be like, dude, come right. on. Exactly. Stop exactly. It. Yep. After 24 hours, it's, hey, we're on to, you know, whoever's on the schedule next. We're on, just, we're on to Cincinnati, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Just go with it and, and move on. And like you said, it's, it's, it was, this, there's no reason this should be, still be a discussion on Tuesday. Oh, between, he should, he's you know. he, he's really show, showing his ass is what he's doing. And it's funny because it's like they didn't even play the game and Florida State's living rent-free in Dabo's head. I don't even think I, – I think the kids have moved on, right? But I, right. they're like, can we focus on Pittsburgh? I almost took the Pitt Panthers because of that because I'm starting to wonder – 
Is he going to still be complaining about this all week? And that's all it takes is for an 18, 19-year-old kid to start focusing on a game they never even played and have a team like Pitt who's, who's got a solid defense. They upset him a couple of years ago. It's not out of the realm of possibility of Pitt doing it. The only reason why I didn't do it is because their offense is so extraordinarily inconsistent that I, you know, like if Clemson comes out on firing all cylinders, Trevor Lawrence's first game back, this this game could be a wrap by the, by halftime. Yeah, I will say, well, you know, I, I think I think Clemson's weak spot on the actual field of play is the their safety play isn't very good and. Um, if, if Pickett can exploit that a little bit, you know, I, I do think, you know, it's got a shot on, on Saturday, if they can keep it close in the first half, similar to like what Boston college did. And then obviously Clemson woke up in the second half, but, um, you know, Clemson could be had on defense. I think the back end of their defense front seven's really good. The back end can be susceptible. College basketball starts today. There, there were yeah. rumors coming out uh, yesterday morning that they were talking about shutting down college basketball. For, for a few weeks that ended up being subsided so i apologize to anyone who uh i was reading it off the bottom line of cbs sports uh there were there were news flashes coming around that the, that there were ad's uh, wanting to shut it down evidently it's not going to happen so we will get basketball today there's only about 100 games scheduled today i mean they, they are hitting it full bore i'm a little surprised so many games are being played going into the thanksgiving day weekend I, I still say college basketball would have been better suited with all the COVID junk that's going on to wait until after the holidays and hit the ground running the, the first week of January and just and just do conference games and you know get through the season and have your uh, tournament in in one bubble as they say. But what games jump out at you uh, today and uh, just in general for the season? What, what are you looking at? Um, well, I think for Today, I was just kind of looking at it. I mean, Old Dominion, I've uh, got some family that went there. I usually try and keep up with them a little bit in basketball. They play Maryland today. I, I know the big game tomorrow is going to be um, Gonzaga, Kansas at 1.30 on, on Fox. So that I'll probably watch that over the whoever's playing in football uh, at 1 o'clock, I'm guessing the Lions versus somebody. Um, you know, Florida had both their games canceled. We were supposed to play UMass, some directional UMass school, which I'd never heard of, and then uh, Virginia. Um, I believe uh, Saturday and that um, Saturday or Sunday and that got moved. I kind of wanted to see how we stacked up against them. I think Florida, Florida should be a tournament team this year. If, if Florida's not a tournament team, then I'm uh, probably going to look somewhere else for a, a basketball coach, which is a shame because I, I really do like Coach White. Um, but this is the year they're supposed to play more up-tempo. Uh, Nemhard, uh, who's a good point guard, but not a great fit for Coach White's system, who Coach White wants to run, but Nemhard kind of runs in quicksand. Um, he's actually going to play for Gonzaga tomorrow. He transferred and got a waiver that he can play right away, which is which is good. I don't think in this year these kids should have to sit. So I'm a little um, confused by something. Maybe you can clear it up. And if you don't have the yeah. information, I apologize. The Gardner Webb Duke game was canceled for Wednesday. Yeah, I think Duke canceled like their first four games or something like that. So it was a Duke outbreak. Yeah, I believe so. Okay, like, see, Duke, Duke just kind of. I, I caught it in passing, and I thought it was a Gardner Webb outbreak. And then I look at Friday, and I see that. Florida State is still scheduled to play Gardner-Webb to start the season. So, okay, so it was a Duke outbreak. Okay. Yeah, I think Duke shut it down. I know we, we shut down basketball, I think, for about a week or so, and I think that's ongoing right now. So basketball, is, it's so different because it's such a smaller roster. Um, and then you've got uh, – there's just – it's just – it's a weird thing. But the, the thing with me is, like, 
if Florida wants to add a if, like Florida's already playing UNF at some point this season, like if Florida wants to add a game against you know USF or heck play Rollins or something like that, it's you know a phone call and and a bus trip for for a lot of these. So I, th- I do think some of these games will get made up. And well, I was the BYU you, football like, team is is willing to play anybody right now. So yeah, except they might except be able Washington. to play them in basketball. <laughs> yeah, just just not U Dub. So yeah. everyone's um, running yeah. from BYU, man. <laughs> but I do think it's uh, you know I was with you. I thought maybe you know wait till. January, just play conference, get through that, and you know, kind of go from there. But uh, you know, because if they have some kind of outbreak, they're going to overreact, and and that's my concern. I love the fact that they're playing today. I love being being able to we'll be able to see basketball for the next few days. But my concern is they'll have a a, a mini outbreak somewhere, and they're going to overreact and shut the thing down. And these kids do not deserve to have two seasons taken away from them. Because I'm right. sorry, but if you don't play the NCAA tournament, the, the season was stolen from you. Uh, yeah. Tony, um, what's one thing that you are thankful for in sports? And uh, what's your walk-off for the day, sir? Uh, thankful we actually have sports. So we'll run down to Gainesville Saturday for the Kentucky game, who would be like a 41-21 kind of game depending on who gets to play for Kentucky and uh, we get pits back. So that'll be good. Um, but yeah, just thankful to be able to go to a game and, and, and watch a bunch of others on TV and uh, everybody, uh, everybody's in good health around here. So that's good. And we got a, a new pup. So um, what was the second question? <laughs> your, your uh, favorite memory <laughs> or uh, one thing that you're thankful for in sports? Okay. Well, I got the, I got the thankful part. Um, you know, it's funny growing up, like it's just my mom, my dad and I was an only child, which probably explains a few things, but, uh, anyway, um, we never really had a large Thanksgiving and then, uh, Mary's mom took me right in and, and now usually it's, uh, Mary's brother comes down from DC, although he's not this year and, uh, we'll, we'll all go to Mary's mom's house for, for dinner. But, uh, yeah, thankful for that. And, um, the other cool thing about Thanksgiving I always thought was, you know, when, when we all went our separate ways after high school, went to different colleges, whether it was, you know, uh, Gainesville, Orlando, Penn state, wherever I I had friends going just about all over. But the one thing we could always count on, everybody would come home for Thanksgiving and then we'd go to, um, you know, go to a sports bar, grab a couple of drinks and then go out to, uh, there used to be a place you're probably familiar with it called crazy horse here in town. And, Oh yeah. um, Sidebar called masquerades. And uh, we'd all kind of meet up there and, and have a good time. But it was cool. It was like a little reunion there, and uh, we got to catch up with everybody. And uh, so that was a lot of fun. But uh, you guys have a great weekend, Sean. Hope you're hope you're doing well. And uh, we'll. Uh, I didn't even know that up. you could see me. I yeah, don't think man. we've ever been on the show at the same time before, man. Congrats I don't think so on that pop. Congrats on so that pop. I saw that on social, man. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, man. she's. Uh, if uh, things don't work out, we're, we'll st- we'll stuff her and put her in the oven. But I think she'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> she slept. She slept through this whole thing, so uh, we, we must be mesmerizing. That's awesome. All right, brother. Uh, yeah. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. All right. Take care, guys. We're going to be see back you, in a flash as uh, T- Sean O'Toole is joining us here on CBS Sports Radio. Keep it locked in here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Cool. Wizard versus nerd. Write you down with my spell. No, science is the answer. At Shell, we know from the time you get up to the time you wrap up, Good night. there's a lot of meetups, eatups, and hurryups. So come to Shell and get three things done at once. Fill up with Shell V Power Nitro Plus to help keep your engine running like new. Save up with the Fuel Rewards Program and never pay full price for gas again. 
and snack up with in-store rewards to save even more at the pump. Make the most of the stop you need to make with Shell. And engines that continuously use Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gas. And see full terms and conditions at FuelRewards.com. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Show. We're here weekdays. Drive time? Find the Armchair Quarterback Show on Facebook today. I hold the microphone like a grudge. Be a whole record so the needle don't budge. If you're looking for gifts or stuff for yourself from all teams, from all sports, it's MVP Collectibles in the St. Augustine Outlets Mall. Suite 245 across from the food court, MVP Collectibles has all 32 NFL teams. Every SEC, every ACC, teams from the Big Ten, and 10 different Major League Baseball teams. That's MVP Collectibles. It's where the armchair quarterbacks can be found just before game day to get our man cave popping no matter what team you love. It's important to remember the value of taking time for ourselves to do the things that help us grow and explore, like learning something new. And now with the Great Courses Plus, it's never been easier to experience the joys of learning. The Great Courses Plus offers thousands of streaming videos that cover hundreds of fascinating topics, from World War II to choosing the perfect wine. You can even take a course on the U.S. government or dealing with stress and anxiety. And because The Great Courses Plus partners with world-class professors and experts, you're always receiving thoroughly vetted, high-quality content from every lecture. Plus, you can watch or listen anytime, anywhere with The Great Courses Plus app. So take a little time for you. Sign up for The Great Courses Plus today for a free month of unlimited access. Visit thegreatcoursesplus.com slash radio to get started. That's the Great Courses Plus dot com slash radio. Hi, this is Britney Spears. This what up, what up, this Jay-Z. This is Jennifer Lopez. Armchair. Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. And he is going to take the ball from Ooh. Charlie Morton. <laughs> He'll exit with a shutout. Two on, two outs, and the Rays are into their pin now. Charlie Morton, brilliant once again. Big game pitcher that he is. He's got a sub one ERA in his last five postseason starts. He'll exit with a 3 0 lead. Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks. A football Wednesday as opposed to a football Friday as we are uh, getting set for a long weekend. And Armchair Quarterbacks Radio will not be here. Uh, we won't be back till Monday. We're taking the uh, Saturday and Sunday show off as well uh, so everyone can recharge their batteries. And I've been doing seven days a week of uh, talk radio since football season began, so I'm kind of getting to the point of... Uh, welcome to <laughs> the show. Sean O'Toole, how the hell are you, sir? I'm wonderful this morning. I hope you're doing the same. Yeah, is that a Pistons shirt? Is that what that, is that the logo? It, it is, okay. Yes, sir. I, all, all as Jalen Rose says, Detroit basketball. <laughs> Why does he say that? Did he ever play for them? 
No. Oh, He's okay. from there, though. No, actually, he did. Yeah, we signed him to... We had him like his... Like, he was done. It was yeah. after... It was way after, like, Indiana and Toronto, which were his good years. And then I think he had a stint with the Knicks, maybe, or, yeah, or somewhere else. Yeah, once he left else. the Pacers, he, he, he was Right. Trash. It was... It was like his 12th or 13th season. We had him for one year, and I think he retired right after that. Right. He he, he had a good career with the Pacers, and anything else he references to is just like Dwight Howard bragging about playing for the Sixers, you know, 15 years from now. It's like how Udonis – I I forgot Udonis Haslam was still – he's an active player. I thought he was just a suit-wearing guy for the Heat like Juwan Howard was during the LeBron D-Wade years. But Haslam actually is – is I guess plays – Every once in a blue moon, like plays mm. in, in the final minutes of blowouts. Mm. Udonis Haslam was at Florida when, like, I think we lived together in like 1999. <laughs> like, that dude's been around forever. Yeah. Keep well, getting those checks, man. At, Haslam was on the uh, championship uh, 06 07 teams for, for the Gators. Um, right. Was that the, that was the Horford teams, right? Yeah. So we're talking okay, about. Okay. That's uh, what I thought. Yeah, um, not quite 99, but yeah, almost 15 years ago. Um, but he's he, he he is essentially a, a suit. He spends more time in a track suit on the bench than he does in actual shorts. And, and <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. He's there for recruiting purposes only. <laughs> he he kind of gives everyone a tour and says, don't you want to come play for the Heat? No, it's all. Do you like it here at the Heat? Oh, it's awesome, man. I I don't ever have to play. I can eat what I want. <laughs> Keep getting paid all the time. Oh, man, it's awesome. I come in when there's about 13 seconds left and we're up by 17. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a better gig than backup quarterback in the NFL. Uh, the topic at hand to start us off with, Charlie Morton heads to the Atlanta Braves, giving them yet another – I don't know if Charlie Morton's an ace at this point in his career, but he's definitely a number two on most staffs. And that gives them now at least two number twos and two number mm-hmm. ones to my counting. Because you get Soroka right. back probably within the first month of the year. They say he's going to be back by the beginning of the season. I've got to see that to believe it. I think they'll take their time, especially now that they're loaded at pitching. I think that's one of the yeah. reasons why uh, Drew Smiley was, was, was signed was insurance so that if there's any kind of setback with Soroka, that they're, they're not rushing him out there. But you've also got Bryce Wilson, who's sitting there in the wings too, who can pitch if Soroka doesn't come back in time. And then – if uh, if for some reason there's some kind of a nuclear meltdown at the facilities, we'll throw a Kyle Wright in there again. Um, I'm hoping Kyle Wright has a really good spring and he's a part of a trade. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> I mean, lock that guy up. Kobe Allard, that guy, man. Just let him go. He's had enough chances with, with the big team. But to hell with us putting – Luke Jackson and Kyle Wright in a box and shipping them elsewhere. Um, Charlie Morton coming in is huge. And we were talking about on the show, and I had kind of leaked it because I would heard some things, but I couldn't say it was done, done on the air until I knew. But I but I had gotten from a very, very reliable source, the same source that told me that Pablo Sandoval was going to go to the, the Red Sox, the same source has given me about, I'd say since we've been doing this show, uh, most listeners can tell you I've known about ten, somewhere between ten to twelve moves that may have been made before they're made, and it's the same 
circle of email chain that I'm very lucky to be in because uh, I bring nothing to the table. Um, <laughs> I just bring anyone hear anything. <laughs> um, and new post from a new post from McGee DM. Hey, what you got? <laughs> What's going like on our, in here? Like our, our old college roommate, Austin Sharp. What you got going? <laughs> <laughs> All all, all they get is emails with the uh, emoji eyeballs. I mean, just, <laughs> I'm just looking right here. <laughs> Come on now, I know, I know somebody knows something. They cover all the. Well, there's, there, I think there's 17 guys in there. I don't count myself, so there's 18 total. But they cover all sports. We only have one hockey guy. That's why I normally don't get the hockey news as as well. And I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not putting him down. But he, one guy can't get all all the all the news at once. Um, but yeah, I was excited to see that that was actually true. Every once in a while they send me, it's a done deal. And then three hours later I get off there and go, what the hell happened? And they're like, uh, sorry, man, homeboy backstroked. And I'm like, well, it's a good thing. I didn't dime y'all out on air. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then like, you better not be diming me out. <laughs> These are credible sources. Uh, uh, yeah. So now we're going to get into that whole thing. That whole patient doctor privilege thing. Okay. Um, Charlie Morton, though, coming over, man, that is just a huge, assuming he's healthy and all the good things happen and he is what he, what he was last year, Charlie Morton coming in and being a stabling force to that rotation and then coming, you know, every four to five days he's going out there or four to five starts every five days, he's going to go out there and give you at least five solid innings and a chance to win the ball game. There's a lot of times where, and I, I think he'll go longer with, with Atlanta. I think you'll see him digger closer to the sixth and seventh because Atlanta is not quite as ate up with the new age analytics. They do it to a right. degree, but they also try to use common sense. Putting that aside, Braves are looking to be really good. The main thing they got to do now is uh, they've got to get Mr. Ozuna back, and if they don't get Ozuna back, then get, bring someone who can come in and DH. The Rays are also talking about trading Blake Snell. Mm-hmm. To the Dodgers. <laughs> well, that would just be garbage. Um, <laughs> it really would. I mean, at that point, you might as well just go ahead and set up a, a Braves – Dodger NLCS and just say to hell yep. with the rest of the season for about the next four years. <laughs> right. Call it a day. Um, if that there there are other teams in play, but if they if they lose Blake Snell and Charlie Morton, and look, I know mm -hmm. one of their main issues is money in Tampa. They didn't get any fans in there. They're already strapped for cash, and Blake Snell makes the most money on the team. He he's yep. actually extremely underpaid for what he does. Mm -hmm. But also, there, there's another thing that has been kind of overlooked in the, in the whole Blake Snell thing that I think a lot of people who don't live in this area don't realize. He didn't shut up about getting pulled <laughs> against the Dodgers. No. Remembering game six when they pulled him, mm -hmm. he was pitching great, and it was a big national news. He didn't shut up for like 48 hours. He was like Dabo Sweeney, just diary at the mouth. Flung. You know, every little thing came to his mouth, and he's like, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, no, we don't know what you're saying. We're going to send you to L.A., so maybe they numb you saying. Um, 
It's my favorite bit we have. You know, like <laughs> And then if uh, I get Dorona, Dorona, then what happens? Know what I'm saying? I'm risking my life. My life. Uh, he would he would be just he needs to be a Dodger just because I'll never stop getting entertainment value out of it, out of just out of just tweeting you or texting you, you know. Let the, him become a gift. freaking Philly. Let him become a Philly, and I'm going to lose my oh, brain. Oh, God. Because that's one of the oh. teams that they're rumoring. With him and Bryce Harper, I will not stop wearing my I Hate Philly sandwich board ever. <laughs> Ringing the bell. He's a he's a West Coast guy. He's from Seattle, Washington. You'll be uh, getting the Mariners. updates. You'll be getting the updates of like you know it's it's February third, uh, nine twenty eight a.m. and I still hate the Philadelphia Phillies. <laughs> <laughs> the last the last projected trade I saw, and this would make way more sense for the Rays than for the other package that I've heard linked to the Dodgers is uh, Urias, which I can't believe the Dodgers would trade him, but it was Urias, Gavin Lux. And there was a third piece. I'm free. I'm going to forget the guy's name, but I've heard his name before. If they for for either Snell or Arenado, like let me tell you something that Friedman has. If out they can the get Urias Lux, I'd have to think about who who the third person I would like in that trade. Then I won't kill them for it because right. Urias is in is a Tampa Bay Ray waiting to happen. A guy yeah. that is just lights out for three to four innings he would be like their mm -hmm. new ryan yarborough right yep. and that's what they like and it's do. been and it's been a little dinged around as a starter when they've tried him as a starter doesn't look like he can go six or seven but three or four but you couldn't hit him in october i know that much. no exactly he was he was 2016 andrew miller this postseason right he was four innings that dude doesn't even I mean, hit he puberty were, he's got like one no. of those He's got one of those Charlie Brown chin hairs, you know, hang, 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 hang. like, dude, just shave that. You look like a putz. <laughs> you know, we all knew that one kid in like, I guess it was, I'm trying to think of how old you'd be 12, 13 years old. He'd show up with his, might as well be like a chocolate milk mustache <laughs> trying to show off, you know, his three hairs on his lip. I'm like, dude, just stop it, man. <laughs> Come back to us when you're actually, you know, you can grow some actual facial hair. That's <laughs> that's who that's who Urias is. But he's a great lights out left handed pitcher. If they got him in the deal and Lux that a lot of people are big on, I see. I don't know if I like Lux or not because there's just a small sample size. Um, Very small. You give me him and Will Smith, and it's a deal. I don't need anything else. But. They get Arenado. That doesn't scare me as much as Snell. No, because Arenado, I, you know, the jury's out on. I think he's a, a legitimate hitter, but you, you, DJ LeMahieu aside, the sample size on guys who've left Colorado is is that the power doesn't travel with them. Now, Arenado's a natural hitter. Well, plus he's a great. He's a great third baseman. He, he's probably the he best. is a great third baseman, and he's his, probably the best his in career the game. splits. His career splits aren't that different. It's not like an Andres Galarraga situation, right? No, Where but what, does, just... what doesn't scare me about Arenado as opposed to getting Blake Snell is we know the one thing that the Dodgers are going to be able to do is score runs. That doesn't concern me. True. It's being, making them impossible to score on is what's going to concern the hell out of you. And if they somehow right. get a hold of a closer, which 
They are do not have, no matter what they say, Urias is he's not a closer. You can't put a guy in for nope. four innings and call him a closer. Uh, Ken, Kenley Jansen's not going to get better over the offseason. So that that would be my top concern if I were a Dodger fan. Is it Are we going to get some, some kind of a, of a closer, like a front-line closer? And, may, and, and maybe maybe they make the trade and Blake Snell comes over and they go, you're our closer. And he goes, what? He goes, you're a closer, man. Know what I'm saying? <laughs> get in there. <laughs> get in there. <laughs> as a, We're going to keep you quarantined a, so you don't get the Rona, so go in the bullpen. <laughs> as a Tigers fan who's, whose secondary team has always been the Braves for as long as I can remember, um, or whose National League team has always been the Braves. Um, I was actually really, really happy for the Braves. I was kind of sad for the Tigers because he was someone I wanted the Tigers to target just to kind of teach their young arms, you know, how to be professionals, right? Tigers have all these guys, Casey Myers, Tariq Scooball. Who? Charlie Morton? The Tigers. Charlie? Yeah, Charlie Morton. Well, you don't want to waste your the, the, the twilight of your years with the Detroit Tigers. No offense to the Tigers, but they're like they're all of them like seventeen years old. Like, come on in, old I man. Why, I get why I get why Morton wouldn't do it. I was just hoping they would say, "Hey, would you like three years?" Right, and just give him some silly three year deal to have him around. You know, the happiest kids. guy on the team is probably Freddie Freeman. He says, "Ah, I don't." <laughs> Things stop with the grandpa jokes now. It's old Charlie yeah. Morton's here. I don't, yeah. I don't have to download TikTok to my phone after all. Here right. comes exactly. another guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. Well, let's go ahead and move on from that to college football. The top five or top top 25 was released. Anything that shocked you there? I kind of went over it in the first segment, so I won't repeat myself. But anything that shocked you? Nothing that shocked me. Uh, I was a little surprised that Clemson was ahead of Ohio State, but I mean, three, four, tomato, tomato. That, I think know, that's just because up. they haven't played enough games. But I exactly, still, I, and I, I still think it's a little odd. I agree. Yeah, it's it's a little strange. The the one thing that really jumped out to me when the alert came across on my photo is just the blatant disrespect for BYU. Uh. Like. <laughs> Katani Salaki is going to be like out on the streets, just killing people. <laughs> and mean, I'm not going to look. And look, I'm I'm not going to kill uh, Miami and Georgia again, but Oklahoma should not be ranked eleventh. Oh what that the was, hell? They're yeah. ranked over Indiana, Iowa State, and BYU, and Oregon, and Southern Cal for that matter. I just I don't get the Oklahoma love. It's almost like they're telling you. Oh, we're gonna put them in no matter what you do. We're gonna put them. In. It's like that year that they let <laughs> that they let LSU in into the BCS championship game when they had like thirteen losses or whatever the hell it was. But they were <laughs> but they were playing. Well, they're playing the best football right now. Yeah, you got like a two week span. Okay, thanks. Um, Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean Oklahoma's the, garbage. What, what what is your top five? Yeah, my top five is is unchanged from last week. Bama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson, Cincinnati. Um, with a BYU like you know five B because they're they're right behind Cincinnati in my estimation. My yeah you. Uh, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was also going to mention I didn't even notice it until now until you said something about the two loss teams. I mean a two loss Iowa State team a spot ahead of BYU in the playoff rankings. Like just go back to the BCS computer because whoever's in the room picking this stuff you you have brain damage. I don't I don't I don't know what you're you're not watching football. I don't know what you're doing. Oh, did you did you happen to actually watch the uh, program no. when they released it? Reese Davis no. with his condescending ass sitting there saying anyone <laughs> that's going to come out and say that this 
committee doesn't watch football. I know these guys, and they watch football. And he, he, he started making fun of, like, shock jock radio. Guys are going to come on and just start screaming, you know, like. Right, which is exactly are, what he would be doing. Exactly. He'd go work for Clay Travis tomorrow if ESPN let him go. So right. I don't want to hear exactly. that Exactly. He, he would have, yeah, exactly. He he wouldn't be suit and tie. He'd be sitting there wearing like a Belichick hoodie. And, uh, you know, <laughs> just shut up, Reese Davis. You know, you're the most non-Alabama Alabama alum I've ever met um, or ever seen. Uh, the But to the point of that, fans do wonder, are you watching the games? Yeah. And, and do you have these biases these, <coughs> that you're just never going to let certain teams in? or you're never going to count out certain teams. Because that's the only explanation I have for Oklahoma being number 11. Yeah, we know yeah, that, we know they always have talent, and they looked really good the last few weeks. But this is a season-long championship in college football. This is not the NFL where you can get hot at the end. This is not basketball, hockey, where it's all about what you do in the playoffs. This college football has always been season-long because you have just too many teams – to compare against i've always hated that that argument well so and so is playing the best football right now in november yeah but what about the crappy games that they laid eggs in in september and october what exactly what about that because you know, at that point then why are we even playing those games um that that is concerning to me my my top five looks like this i've got alabama number one notre dame number two byu three Ooh, I know I'm going to be the only one in the country that believes BYU belongs in them, but I, I watched every single one of their games. I'm telling you, they're impressive. They may not be your 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 your, your cup of tea. You might be sitting there going, oh, "Who cares about BYU?" But you watch them. You put you put BYU players in a Southeastern Conference jersey, and you would not know the difference. They are playing that well. Ohio State number yep. four, and then I've got Clemson five. I got them on the outside looking in. Don't kill me. Clemson fans, you do play Notre Dame again, or you should be playing Notre Dame again, and that would all figure itself out. But I don't need to see an SEC-ACC invitational, right? Give, right? give me one from each conference, and away we go. I don't need – look, if Florida goes and knocks off Alabama, put Florida in. Don't give me Alabama. I don't need to see that rematch in two weeks. Yep. If it's a bigger playoff spot, okay, then I'll then I'll leave it alone. But four teams, I just think that only one team from each conference should be allowed in, and that's just the way I, you know, I, I'm not going to change my mind on that because Notre Dame, you can almost give them a pass because they're they're an independent technically, but not this year. Technically, not, <laughs> not this, this year. year. Nope. Considering who they've played, and they've been gift wrapped in a very easy manageable schedule compared to other teams in the ACC. Yep. Notre Dame has got to make it to the ACC championship game and play a competitive game against Clemson with Trevor Lawrence for me to say Notre Dame belongs in there. They go in and, and, don't, and Clemson don't sleep on their game this right. sleep on their game this weekend. That, North well, Carolina, they ain't no pushover. Like I said, they've got to win out. They've got to win out. Yep. And if they don't win out, then then they've got to beat Clemson. That's yep. that's just a simple fact of the matter. But when they play Clemson, I don't want to hear this crap about how they beat them in October with their backup quarterback. We're going to put them in, even they lost, even though they lost by thirty-seven in the ACC championship game. It can't be that way. <laughs> right. 
You can't be that. And you could do it because Dabo Sweeney is known to put style points up in November. So you buyer beware, Notre Dame. It's not going to be the same game that you had. Um, before we switch uh, over to the NFL, um, what is Khakis? Is he is he on thin ice? Almost losing to to uh, Rutgers. Do you think he's it's a, it's a given that he's on his way out, or could he have possibly saved his job to a degree last Saturday and moving on? I don't know what to believe for sure. Um, the reporting out of the athletic department up there has been really thin for a variety of reasons. Um, I've spoken about it several times and it's not really um, uh, a secret that the university president isn't a huge fan of Harbaugh's. Um, they, they've had somewhat of a, of a very conflict riddled relationship over the years. I just wonder if it's going to be like, you know, a marriage that just needs to end at the end of this year where both sides get in a room and say, Hey, you know, thanks for pulling us out of, you know, the morass that we were in, uh, after rich rod and Brady Hoke, you know, and at least bringing us back to some kind of prominence where we can recruit not only within our own state, but in Ohio and Florida and Texas. And he has gotten those players, but the coaching's just, just never been up to par. And you look at his, you look at his coaching history. And I I've mentioned this several times, this guy's never really done what his reputation seems to indicate he's done. He's never really won the big, he's never won anything major. Let right? me ask you this. He went into US, he went into USC as a Stanford coach and beat Pete Carroll on his turf. Great. You know, he, he, he won some games with the Niners. Same things I've said before. I don't know where Michigan goes if they let him go. Um, there's some obvious options. Luke Fickle at Cincinnati, Hugh Freeze, people they throw money at. But I, I think he's going to move on. I, I think he is not interested in continuing to be called a bad coach. Um, and that's not good for his brand. I don't really know where he goes. Um, but I, I, all signs point to this is going to end uh, badly because we're probably going to get you know just trucked by four or five touchdowns by Ohio State. I think they'll go for Fickle. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I hope they do. I, I, I like. Fickle. I would love to see what Hugh Freeze could do there because that would be fun. That would be fun to watch. He seems like the type that would really you know, too much. I, I worry about all the temptation of the boosters <laughs> with him, but you know we'll see. Hey, man, sometimes you got to sell your soul. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The Jimbo era wasn't that bad. We did win one. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, exactly. All right, let's go ahead and take that quick break. When we come back, the NFL is on deck. We apologize for the issues that we had a second ago. Uh, for those of y'all listening to the replay on the podcast, you'll have no idea what I'm talking about. CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks on CBS Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good morning, and this is your Armchair Quarterbacks Sports Flash. Here are your NFL and college football lines for this Thanksgiving Day weekend. We'll start with the NFL as they kick it all off on Thursday, Thanksgiving morning, 1230 Eastern. Texans, minus three at Detroit. The over-under is 51 and a half. The afternoon game, Washington getting three at Dallas. That over-under is 46. And the nightcap, the big one, the Ravens are getting four at Pittsburgh. That over-under sits at 45. Sunday, 1 p.m. kickoffs look like this. Vegas, minus 3.5 at the Atlanta Falcons. That over-under sits at 55.5. The Cardinals, minus 2.5 at New England. 
49 and a half is the over. The G-Men, minus six at the Bengals. The Cleveland Browns giving up six and a half on the road in Jacksonville. 49 and a half, the over-under. Tennessee, plus three and a half at the Colts. 51 is the number. And the Chargers are at the Bills. And an early kickoff, plus six to L.A. The Dolphins, minus seven at the Jets. Four o'clock looks like this. Saints, Broncos, New Orleans giving up six and a half on the road. 49ers plus seven at the Rams. 45 is the number. In the late afternoon kickoff, the big one. The Chiefs are giving up four at Tampa with the over-under sitting at 56. Sunday night, a reason to watch. Seattle giving up six on the road to Philly. 51 is the over-under. In college football, we'll scan the Friday games because Thursdays are a dud. At 12 p.m. Eastern, the Iowa State Cyclones getting one and a half at Texas. Where at 1 o'clock, you got the Iowa Hawkeyes giving up two touchdowns at home against Nebraska. Central Florida minus 25 at South Florida at 3.30, while Notre Dame is giving up five to North Carolina in Chapel Hill. That over-under is 67. Later on that afternoon, 4.30, the Stanford Cardinal. One and a half point dog on the road to the California Golden Bears. 52 and a half is the over. The Oregon Ducks in the Civil War giving up 13 and a half to the Beavers. 64 is the over under. Saturday afternoon, 12 p.m. kickoff. Kentucky getting 24 at the Florida Gators. Penn State plus two and a half at the Michigan Wolverines. And NC State's giving up 14 and a half to Syracuse while the Terps 11 and a half point dogs at Indiana. Moving on to the 330 games, the Pitt Panthers plus 24 and a half at Clemson. 55 is the over under. Northwestern giving up two touchdowns at Sparty. Colorado plus 13 and a half at the USC Trojans. The Iron Bowl. The Auburn Tigers are getting 24 and a half at the Alabama Crimson Tide. The Egg Bowl misplaced on a Saturday afternoon. Mississippi State plus nine and a half at Ole Miss. And Louisville plus one at BC. The Nightcaps. Duke is a pick'em at Georgia Tech. The LSU Tigers plus 14 at AM. And the Georgia Bulldogs minus 21 and a half at the South Carolina Gamecocks, while the Sooners minus 10 and a half at the Mountaineers. At 8 p.m., Virginia Cavaliers are a nine-point favorite at the Florida State Seminoles. COVID pending. Take that, Dabo Sweeney. And believe it or not, we've got a Sunday game kicking off at 1 a.m. Eastern. The Utah Utes are at the Arizona State Sun Devils. The Fighting Herm Edwards are giving up three and a half at home. And that's your Armchair Quarterback's Wake Up Show, CBS Sports Flash. Stay tuned for more of the Armchair Quarterbacks on these CBS affiliates, our Facebook Live, and the Armchair Quarterbacks app. Tap that app today. We are the Armchair Quarterback Show, your first choice for sports talk live from the First Coast. Montgomery up to the line of scrimmage and Taysom's going to keep it. Porter off the sideline, touchdown! Taysom Hill with the quarterback power we've been asking for and he walks into the end zone. Taysom Hill from two yards out and a lot of Atlanta Falcons players standing around with their hands on their hips wondering how that got by him. Dates a homecoming queen. The trucks of Ford and the tractors green. And amazing grace is what we sing. Where there's a county fair. 
Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks. On a Wednesday morning, last hour of the Armchair Quarterbacks uh, for the week is where we'll be taking off on a programming note. Obviously, Thursday we won't be here for Thanksgiving. We never do a show on Black Friday. We normally do a show on Saturday morning, but there's no point in it because all your big rivalries are not taking place. And then Sunday we just decide to go ahead and do a whole thing. So if you do have fantasy football questions, throw them at us now or uh, over the weekend. I'll, I'll, tr- I'll try to hit them up, but we won't be doing the Saturday, the uh, Sunday morning show, trying to give everyone a full four-day weekend here with the armchair quarterbacks. Uh, Sean, <clears throat> uh, going into the NFL, that clip I just played, Taysom Hill did some Taysom Hill-type things. But I sure I, did. I still contend, before it's all said and done, that you're going to get defenses figuring him out pretty darn quick. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I think essentially all you have to do is put the freaking Lamar Jackson defense on him, you're going to be fine. <laughs> yep. He's – I think he's Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson with less wheels and, and not as strong of an arm. Maybe a little better decision-making – but that remains to be seen. But with all that being said, uh, before we get into our Power Five, because that's why I brought it up, our Power Five is coming. Um, by the way, I don't think I got your stupid underdog pick last hour. I was about to hit it, and then and then all I heard on my end was... The first time that I think that's happened two or three times total since we've been doing this. And the first time, man, I I, I, th- I thought for sure like the Russians had gotten us. I was like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> we said the magic word Trump one too many times, and they're they, there. We are. It's all over. Um, what uh, we're okay. So real quick to catch up speed. UTEP, Florida State, Rutgers, and UNLV are all taken. Yeah, I didn't figure mine would be taken. This is a game I'm actually going to be at, and it has some double meaning for, for this show. Uh, I'm going to be in person for Florida Atlantic at Middle Tennessee State, who is a seven-point dog, has not won a home game this year, going up against Willie Ball. Willie Ball! And the Florida Atlantic Owls. Um, I, for my son's sake, uh, just want to see MTSU win a home game because this will be the third one we've been to this year. and <laughs> They haven't won any of them. Um, and they're coming off a really nice win on the road. Um, last week um, against a team that I think was actually a lot better than them. Um, so I I want them to finish their season off the right way. They're a seven-point dog. Why not? MTSU plus seven on Saturday. What is their record right now? MTSU is three and six overall, two and four okay. in Conference USA. Florida Atlantic is four and one in Conference USA. I'm, I'm actually surprised. And five I, and one overall. I've seen Middle Tennessee play a few games this year. I'm shocked they have mm-hmm. three wins. That's actually that's actually pretty impressive because I've seen some really bad they've, football out of them. They've been all over the place. Yeah, they they've they played really well. The last game we went to, which was homecoming, they actually played great against Western Kentucky and just couldn't like kept shooting themselves in the foot inside Western's twenty. Losing their and, quarterback did more damage than I thought it was going to do. I thought they would plug mm-hmm. and play as uh, as uh, <clears throat> they've actually done over the last several years. They've actually. I think MTSU is a decent tier two ish, three ish program. In I guess yep. that's more of a tier three. Uh, hell, I guess realistic is a tier seven this year. But 
Uh, I'd say it's around a tier four if you really break them down into tiers. But this year, it's, it's just been a rough year. It's time for MTSU to hopefully finish off strong for the uh, MTSU alum. Um, do you expect much of a crowd out there? I do. Um, I think since it's the last game of the year, um, and also because it's a holiday weekend and people aren't traveling out of state What's as much the restrictions? as they might normally be. What's the restrictions on that? Um, just yeah, just social distancing. There's a maximum number of tickets, which is like I think it's five thousand. Um, we sit in a we sit in a skybox with um, with someone who's a season ticket holder, um, and I just pay him for for the tickets because it's easier to sit up there. Um, and we all kind of you know everybody's got like some you know everybody brings food right, and there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, drinks being passed around that kind of a thing. It's usually a good time. So um, they're they're restrictions are really more that there are a lot of ushers in the aisles, making sure people have their masks on, which is something I'm glad to see. They're not really, you know, putting rulers between folks, trying to make sure they sit six feet apart as much as they are just making sure people keep their masks on. They are very, very, um, very deliberate with their watching of the mask wearing. Um, and we'll, we'll come get you pretty quick if you don't have yours on or, you know, you're trying to pull it down constantly. So that's been the biggest thing that I've seen, but I've been pretty impressed with how they've tried to pull it off. Moving on from that, hopefully, hopefully that'll make for a great Thanksgiving memory. You, you any Thanksgiving memories that you'd like to share as far as like, you know, and it can be sports related or <clears throat> not sports related. Yeah. My most, uh, or maybe traditions, my most memorable. You, you know, the, you know, that you do or whatever. Yeah, the one tradition that I do is um, I always make the mashed potatoes. Um, I've been doing that for like 15 years, um, for as long as me and my wife have been together. Is that um, all? I love. I is that the only thing that Crystal will let you be in charge of? Yes, that's that's also part of it. Um, but I actually do make really good mashed potatoes. So um, lots of lots of butter, lots of milk, um, and some cheese in there as well. And everybody always likes them. So that's that's the one thing I always do. My son's been helping with that the last couple of years. And my daughter, you know, helped with it last year. Probably want to help with it this year. My actually best Thanksgiving sports memory is a silly one, but everyone will remember this, and you'll see it tomorrow because it gets brought up every year when the Lions play on Thanksgiving. Is the infamous um, coin toss fiasco with the uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers Jerome against Bettis. the Lions in Detroit? Yeah. yeah, the Jerome Bettis coin toss fiasco. I said tails. <laughs> I remember when it happened. I heard him say tails. I was like, he said tails. And it was like, and it was like, it's heads and the lions. I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll take it. Um, and that was a game we ended up winning, um, which isn't something I've been able to say a whole lot with the lions. There've been some rough, there've been some rough years, man. I've had a lot of people reaching out to me being like, are you actually going to watch the lions tomorrow? Or, you know, are you going to try to like volunteer at work or something like that? And I'm like, no, nah, man, it's this year's not been a lot of fun, but it's been way worse than, than it is this year, man. I'd like to remind everyone the Lions have a winless season under Rod Marinelli, and that team was bad, like b like New York Jets this year. Bad. Right. In case you in case you've forgotten, like zero and sixteen wasn't a fluke. We had Calvin Johnson and nothing else, so we were bad. Uh, let's go ahead and get into our. Well, I'll go ahead and throw mine out there. As far as my favorite uh, memories, they're really just all encased around the fact that. You got to realize Florida State, Florida is normally on Thanksgiving weekend. And mm -hmm. so for years and years and years, when, when my dad was, was still with us, uh, 
we built our weekend around that. We would hang out for Thanksgiving. We'd watch pro football. He did not really care about pro football. My dad being a Florida State graduate, all he cared about was, are there any Seminoles that are playing on on, on Thursday? <laughs> so whether, right. whether it was the Detroit game or the Dallas game, that's what he focused on. Although he really got to where he hated the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, he hated them towards the end. Um, I think I might have instilled that in in the 90s. And I, then I kind of forgot and didn't really <laughs> – I no longer really cared if they won or lost. I just – I hated certain personalities on the Cowboys. And then right. my dad just never let that go. He'd still want to know, you know who the Cowboys were playing because he hated them. Um, but we would do that. And then Friday I was normally working. And then I would take off Saturday – for the Florida State Florida game, and then and then, and then obviously mm. we would watch Michigan Ohio State, but I always watched it together with my dad. So Thanksgiving was a really really tough holiday for me to get over for a long time because uh, I just it's the number one thing that reminds me of my dad. But on a lighter note, on a on a better note, I met my wife on Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, right after the Florida State Florida game, I, I went into another bar to watch the Iron Bowl. It was the famous Kick mm. Six. Iron Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Chris um, Chris Davis, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and so Florida State had just laid the wood to Florida you know, on a bad Florida team. Obviously, FSU goes on to win the national title, but I was very invested in that game. I was pulling for Alabama. I wanted to beat Alabama. I didn't want to beat Auburn. No offense, Auburn fans, but it doesn't, it doesn't bring the same cachet. I wanted to beat Alabama because right. I knew FSU had the most talented team in the country, and I wanted to see them just thump Alabama, but anyways, um, that kick six happened. And I was standing, and I, I was in that bar, and the people were going boo bats. I was like, "That was a cool thing to watch," but damn it, that means that we're going to play Auburn, and I want to play Alabama. <laughs> but anyways, I I met my my wife that night. Uh, she uh, you know always remembers, it. and of course, she's been telling our dog all week long that you know, you know we have no anniversary this year because of COVID because they canceled the fourth <laughs> Florida game. <laughs> I said, well, you know, I said, well, you know, that gets me out of spending a lot of money there, so that's good. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much my my Thanksgiving you know memories. It, as far as games that jump out, I, I talked about this yesterday with with uh, Carr. It was it was the Leon Let It Be game. It's Randy Moss coming onto the scene against the Cowboys in his rookie season, where he had like three touchdown catches. Two of them were over fifty yards. Those are the two big games that I remember on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, obviously, the Jerome Bettis thing—that's the biggest one I always remember with the, with, with, with the early Lions game. The early Lions game, I'm usually busy cooking because I cook everything for, for for the Thanksgiving. People who who come over on normal years, I'll have them bring like a dish, but I do the whole mm-hmm. cards. I do the turkey, I do the potatoes, I do everything, everything you can think of. The only thing I don't do is make the pie. I buy a pie, get the hell out of here. I'm not going to be making a pie and doing 37 other dishes <laughs> at the same time. You know, I might be a, I might be a, a certified executive chef, but I'm also not a mental patient either. I'm not. A, <laughs> Why don't you make your own pie? <laughs> well, I get, wait, how? <laughs> yeah, <you know? laughs> Am I just going to split off and, and go to one side of the kitchen and stay on this side? So, um, you're an NFL Power Five. Interested to see where you're going this week on this. What you got? Yeah, I went loco this week. Um, I've been going pretty chalk for weeks. 
Um, but the bottom of mine, I'll, I'll go from five to one. The, the bottom of mine is pretty interesting. Uh, number five, I'm putting the Indianapolis Colts. Um, this is not just for my son, uh, but that's a big win uh, against a team that was in the top five in most power rankings last week that I still think is going to win their division. It's going to be heard from at the end of things. Um, and if Indy beats Tennessee this weekend, not saying they will, I think it'll be a competitive game as it always is between them. But if they beat Tennessee this weekend, I mean, they're really in a, in a good spot with some tough games still left against the Raiders and the Steelers at number four, I'm putting the LA Rams. Um, I had them as the third best team in that division three weeks ago. And now I think they're the best team in that division. And, and I don't they're playing see really well. they're playing very, very well. And for, for all the Sean McVay stuff and the offensive genius, the, the young man they've got coaching the defense now who took over for Wade Phillips, Brandon Staley um, might be putting himself in line for a head coaching job. I hope not. Cause he's still really young, um, but he's got that defense playing lights out. And it kind of helps when you have Aaron Donald and, and Jalen Ramsey. I mean, but, exactly. you know, when, when, when Tom Coughlin gift wraps Jalen Ramsey to you, um, kind of helps make your defense better in the short term. Uh, number three is the New Orleans Saints. Um, I, won't, I won't go over again what you said about Taysom Hill. I wasn't super impressed. His average depth of target was three and a half. Just some data. His average depth of target was three and a half yards um, less down the field than Drew Brees has been this year. Drew Brees' average depth of target is... that's what I expected. Is, I expect a very... Mm-hmm. Uh, but I expected Jeff I expected more to Kam- type of ball game from him. I expected more to Kamara. I expected more to Michael Thomas. Um, and Michael Thomas had a nice game. Don't get me wrong. But I think after a week of watching tape, people are going to pack the middle of the field and force him to throw out routes of deep shots. But, and I don't but know that, that he can do that. Is playing well, so they can lean. Defense, on defense is playing very, very well. Getting, I mean, they've got this uh, Merriweather or Tyo Weather is his name. He's he's like a seventh round draft pick. He's leading the NFL in sacks. I mean, that when you get that kind is of always sneaky good. That defense always gets better as the season goes on. Seems to. There, there, there was a league that I was in desperate need of a defense, and this morning I checked my waiver wire, make sure I got him. I got him. I got the Saints defense. I won't be relinquishing. I couldn't believe that they were out there, uh, but I got him. By the way, quick funny note: in our arm chair host league, I had Duke Johnson mm-hmm. and I had Deontay Johnson. And last week, <laughs> when we did the waiver wire, I was dropping Duke Johnson. I don't even know who I was picking up. No, I clicked Deontay Johnson. And I didn't, oh, no. and I didn't even see it until like yesterday, and I was like, mm-hmm. "The hell was Deontay Johnson?" I drafted him like in every league. I went back and go, "Oh, I tried because D and D." And so it was. I ended up dropping Duke and Deontay, but I had it set up where drop Duke and get this guy, or drop Duke and get this guy, right? And I just fat fingered it on on on, on my phone, or I, I, I'm assuming. My glasses weren't on me or something. I was like, oh, my God. So I tried to pick them back up. But I had I had absolutely no uh, waiver wire money left, so I knew I wasn't going to get them. Uh, I think Doug ended up scooping them up. I was like, I cannot believe that I left He did. Out. He stole them from me. I bet $11 on him, and he bid 17 So, yeah, he stole them from okay. me. That's the I, league. I couldn't That's see it this morning. Where... Once again, I was doing this number with my phone this morning going, does that say 12 What does that say? Okay, so it was 17 Yeah, yeah I was like, man, I, I'd have been all in whoever's out. Because no, no one you're picking up the rest of the league, the, the, you know, the rest of the year is going to be as good as Deontay Johnson. So whatever you got in your fab budget, you yeah. got to throw it all in there because, I mean, we're, we're coming up in the end. But I'm not super concerned about it because I'm loaded at wide receivers, so it was almost like an embarrassment of riches that I have. But I was like, son of a gun. But the good news is uh, no one – grabbed in uh, Marquise Brown and he has a very very favorable schedule after tomorrow and yes he I, does and I think that's going to be something that people should look forward to uh going forward in your in your season-long fantasy leagues if he's available I would 
I know this sounds crazy because I always talk down about Marquise Brown, but they play the who's who of not nots in in uh, <laughs> in the NFL. I mean, they got like the Jets and the Giants on their list. I want to say I I don't want to misspeak, but I I know I looked at it and like the last five games of the season, four of them are like or like they might as well have just clown emojis on on, on their defenses. I'm like. <laughs> as opposed to the green you see on the app it was like blinking green i'm like okay well i got like <laughs> so it, it may not turn out as badly as i think i've got claypool in that league too so at least it eliminates the headache in one league where i don't have to go who do i start this week claypool or, or deontay i don't know um by the way i'm benching them both this week i don't want any part of that pittsburgh defense deontay johnson did one catch for three yards last last time they played yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> That, and, and that's what you want when you wake up Friday morning is to see that you've wasted one of your moves and you got like 2.7 points. <laughs> and you're like, all right, really, you're really rocking and rolling here. And you're having to start like the Jags defense or something against Cleveland going, man, I, man, man, I really hope we get a snowstorm down here somehow. Um, <laughs> um, finishing out your top five, what you got? Yeah, Kansas City number two, Pittsburgh number one. No change there. No reason to change anything so until further notice. Mine only differs in this. I've got the Colts at five with the slash. Because whoever wins this weekend between the Colts and Titans, that that, that that's gonna be my solidified number five. It's a little more right. pressed by the Titans last Sunday, but they but they lost to the Colts. So they lost to the Colts at home. It would be different if this game was it was in it was in Nashville this week. I'd say okay, tit for tat, but uh, that that would be a mild upset if Tennessee wins in in uh, in in uh, Indianapolis this week. I do think they're going to win because it's very difficult to to beat your division rival twice in one one year. Very hard to sweep, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I've got the Saints number four, the Chiefs number two. I'm sorry, the Chiefs number three. The Steelers, number one, my number two team, the L.A. Rams. Love it. They are impressing the hell out of me. They are playing the best football in the NFC right now. And I think head-to-head, if if they played the Saints right now, they'd win. I think right now if they played the Packers, they would win. I think they would be close games. But on November 25th, 2020, that's my number two team in the NFL. And Pittsburgh remains number one until they're beaten. That's going to be a great game. What's your uh, NFL pick of the of the week? By the way, Trosh picked uh, the over on the Detroit-Houston game tomorrow at 51 and a half. <laughs> yes. That's a good call. That is a very, very good call. There's a couple that I'm looking at. I was debating whether to do a Thanksgiving game or to just stick to the weekend. And I think what I'm going to end up doing is sticking to the weekend because Thanksgiving, weird things just always seem to happen on Thanksgiving, regardless of what you think is going to happen. So the one that keeps staring me in the face that I that it just stinks to high heaven, and I don't know why I want it so bad, but I do, um, is the Vikings laying four and a half at home against the Carolina Panthers, who I, I still don't know if they're going to be starting Teddy Bridgewater or if we're going to get another look at P.J. Walker. The Vikings were really underwhelming against Dallas last week, and I think are kind of playing for their life and probably for their coach's job this week. Uh, that one just is eating me alive because of that line. So I'm going to take the Vikings minus the four and a half. That's going to be my pick for the week because um, I, I think everybody's really high on the hog about Carolina and is completely 
ignoring the fact that the Lions were without about 60% of their offensive talent and Matt Stafford was trying to throw the ball with half of one thumb. And that contributed more to what happened last week, I think, than anything else did. So I'm going to throw my six-pack, and then I'll give you my one pick like we always do. Because uh, normally I do the six-pack. Anyways, I'm, I'm trying to condense everything I do in three shows this week that I normally do in seven. Uh, my NFL six-pack this week, I'm taking the Baltimore Ravens plus five and a half. I do think that they're going to play that game extremely close. Whether or not they get the revenge, I don't know. But, look, it was a four-point game the first time. I don't see any difference. I think th those defenses know each other too well. It's going to be close, low-scoring game. It's going to come down to who doesn't turn the ball over. Either way, give me – I, I just wouldn't – I wouldn't feel comfortable the other way. I wouldn't feel comfortable giving up five and a half if, it, if I was no in way. that situation. Um, and I'm going to take – uh, the Titans plus three and a half. If the Colts were three and a half underdogs, I would have do the same. I think that's. I think that thing's going to come down to a field goal. And I joked with Justin about this how it's going to come to a Gaskowski field goal at the end. <laughs> Woo! We'll Lord. see what happens. It's going to be a two point game, and Gaskowski will hit a walk off, uh, <laughs> either in, in celebration or in defeat. He's going to hit a walk off. Um, then I'm going to take Arizona minus two and a half on the road, to New England. I know I famously hate West Coast, East Coast, but I think New England is just not very good, and Arizona's coming <laughs> off the bye. The Dolphins, 24-and-a-half is the team total. Give me that one. I think that they are going to come back to life this week against a bad Jets team, and Sam Darnold says that he's, he's feeling good throwing the football. That could even work even better into some more turnovers and whatnot, so give me the Dolphins scoring 24-and-a-half. Over 24 off. The Jags are getting six and a half at home against Houston, uh, excuse me, Cleveland. I think Jacksonville will make that very, very close. And Seattle is a six point favorite on the road, coming off uh, some, some time off there where they are going to be playing Philadelphia, a bad Philadelphia team that I think is going to lose. And when Philadelphia wakes up Tuesday morning, they're going to be staring up at second place in the division. They mm -hmm. will, they will be behind the Giants, who are going to beat Cincinnati, and they mm -hmm. are going to be behind either the Cowboys or Redskins. I still haven't made up my mind on on who's going to win that game. I feel like Dallas should win it. They've got an incredible record all time on Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. But Alex Smith versus. Dalton, I don't know. I don't believe in the red rifle that much. I believe in all the other parts that he has, but Alex Smith, something tells me that he he, he might do something special, like get his team to four and seven. You know that kind of special. I uh, I, I I sent this I sent this in a text between you and me and Trosh, and and I think you were the one that laughed at it, or maybe it was just you and me. Uh, but nobody talked me out of it. I put ten dollars on the Giants to win the division, which I found on a book at plus thirteen hundred. When they were, when they had two look, wins, I, look, I this told was before you, their last. I told I mean, you at the time. I told you at the time when, when when you sent it to me. I picked the Giants to win that division five weeks ago. I still. How can it, you call it crazy? And, <laughs> and and how could how could and I think we actually talked about it on this very show was the fact that the Giants had they beaten the Philly uh, beaten the beaten the Eagles the first time through. Right. Man, we're talking about a division that would be. They would be, have a commanding lead, so to speak, right? Yep. Uh, I think the Giants have have the most talent in that division 
top to bottom, especially when you incorporate the quarterback. The quarterback has to be incorporated. I think Daniel Jones is better than Carson Wentz. And that's the yeah. only argument for the best quarterback in, in the division. And what gets overlooked by Daniel Jones, his, his ability to run the ball. Um, that's always good for a, a touchdown a game. He may not physically score the touchdown himself, but Daniel Jones, at least once a game, you'll see it on red zone, like streak it down the field for 35 yards and he puts his team in position to score. Because you, right. you don't think of Daniel Jones having to, well, you got to keep an eye on him. Now defense is going to start paying attention to it, but there's st he's still a guy that gets going to get forgotten about, right? You know, he's not going to keep getting a. He's not going to keep getting away with the zone reads where the safeties come into the box, right, and try to stop the running back. That's not going to keep happening. But right? he'll and, scramble. And he's got wheels. He'll scramble. Yeah, he's got. That was his calling card coming out of Duke was that he had really good mobility. Um, and can, and, and can throw he's the proven ball really that. Well. I mean, he, he can throw the ball really well. He, he hasn't. I think he threw for over three thousand yards his senior year or his last year at uh, uh, Duke. I think the thing that has always been the issue for him is just poor decision making. I mean, we've seen him he's throw young. picks in the. It in happens. The, exactly, he's a young kid. I'll he's take trying to his make poor happen. decision making at twenty four years old as opposed to Andy Dalton's poor decision making at thirty four <laughs> years old. Okay, Get, exactly. Everyone give it a rest about how Daniel Jones makes poor decisions. We all made poor decisions at twenty four years old. There's a long oh, list does. I can point to of me coming out of bars going, "Hey, that was a poor decision." Hey, yes, it <laughs> right, was. Exactly. That was it. That was I thought you said they. I thought you said they had a buffet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she she was a ten at two and a two at ten. Uh, you know, trouble, I can tell you about poor decisions at 24 years old. Um, I'll bet you. <laughs> but my pick of the week, so to speak, the 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 one that we keep up with on the Sunday show, I'm going to go ahead and uh, stick with the Seattle game. Uh, I I was going to say Dolphins 24 and a half, but they may not have to score many points to win that game, so I could see them taking the the wind out of the sails. So give me Seattle minus six on Monday night. I think that will be key for the Seahawks. I just I just think they're going to score too many points. I just, I, I really do. I really like I don't the Baltimore. See how that, I really like the Baltimore pick, but I, I didn't want to waste my pick on on Thursday. I don't see how the Eagles score in that game. I just don't. Carson Carson Wentz is broken. Like he's just broken. He looks he looks broken, and I don't know what they're going to do. When your head coach says benching him would not send the right message, that's <laughs> that bad. means he really that's wants bad. to, but he yeah. can't. <laughs> he didn't say. Benching him would be stupid because he's really good. He said, no, nah, 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 that would send the wrong message. What if we're trying to trade him in the offseason? We, we, we can't be benching him. <laughs> That's the wrong message to say. By the way, Brandon Allen has been named uh, starting quarterback for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals this weekend. That just flashed across. And uh, also Mike Glennon uh, for the Jaguars. Yes, Mike Glennon for the Jaguars. The I was trying not to mention that because that's just embarrassing. <laughs> That's just pathetic and embarrassing. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to put a uh, cap on this. I'll give you my college football six-pack, and uh, we got a few other things that we're going to touch on the other side of the break, including the NFC playoff picture. What's going to happen to that, and why is this weekend so important? We'll be back in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Keep it locked in here to CBS Sports Radio. Triple Decker burn! Fantasy Sports is back, and it's time to jump into DraftKings. Go to DraftKings today at DraftKings.com. Golf, NASCAR, soccer, you name it. And, of course, 
Major League Baseball, basketball, hockey, and football are on the way. Go to DraftKings.com listen to the Armchair Quarterbacks for DFS advice all year round. Quarterbacks Radio covers the whole SEC the whole season long. Down. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown! touchdown Alabama! Devontae Smith! Touchdown Alabama! And the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Again, it's going to be Propel, Wing, and the kicker, Drew Alamo. SU remains undefeated. Passes away, penalty flag down. Lamar Thomas has got it. Lamar Thomas is on his way down the sideline. George Teague is after him and runs him down. Takes the ball. Takes the ball away from him. Teague's got the ball. Well, congratulations to the LSU Tigers, the 2008 BCS National Champion. Armchair. listening to the armchair quarterback show we're here weekdays drive time find the armchair quarterback show on facebook today if i leave here tomorrow oh please not the ashby's family emergency apparently it's so urgent they didn't even have time to think of a plausible excuse <laughs> so where does that leave us well let's see we have a third-rate caterer with a record <laughs> two lushes a couple who think we're both nutcases. An Argentine wild child and Ross. Dinner is served. Fourth and nine for a touchdown to force overtime. Now to keep the game alive on fourth and nine. Throwing for the end zone into double coverage and intercepted and Michigan wins. Daxton Hill seals the deal and Michigan's losing streak comes to an end. Cade McNamara and ultimately Daxton Hill finish off a 48-42 three-overtime win. When you've seen Southern Cross for the first time you understand that's why you came this way Welcome back to the Armchair Quarterbacks. So, uh, Sean, do you dabble in the stock market at all? I don't. It's up a little bit today. I always try to uh, give people a heads up. Let me see. The Dow, well, the S, well, it's it's flying by me so fast. I, 
My stocks are up a little bit. That's all. <laughs> I went to, to see what, what the what the at the time when I was looking at the Dow, it was down just a little bit, but the Nasdaq was up a little bit. It's always not a bad thing with one or a little up and one's a little down. What concerns is when you see one selling off because it usually counteracts the other one. I won't get into what each one means because I don't want to bore people to tears. But um, <laughs> one one thing on a sports note, if people were you know wondering. Uh, DraftKings is up uh, 3% today, so that's a good thing. Um, Walmart's up again. Disney was up huge yesterday. PayPal's up again. And uh, some cryptocurrency that I've uh, talked my wife into us put, putting some money into is is up again today. So uh, there you have that. That cryptocurrency will drive you nuts. It'll drive you nuts. It'll drive you crazy <laughs> because it never closes. It, As opposed to all your other stocks... Mm-hmm. crypto continues to go up and down overnight. So while you're asleep, things that are happening on the other side of the planet is affecting your cryptocurrency. That's what I think scares the living hell out of me. I'm going to wake up one morning and something that's worth $600 is going to be worth like two bucks. Ah! <laughs> what have I done? But uh, and a, uh, a, a guy that works on my team uh, for my company, uh, I nibble at him every once in a while because I don't understand the crypto stuff, but he's always talking about it. And I think it was like three or four weeks ago, he asked me um, for, he asked me basically to, to work a few hours for him or something. And I was like, that's perfectly fine. I mean, I'll take the money. Um, I'm like, you want to sweeten the deal and throw in like some theorem or some, or some, or some magnesium or something. And I was just like making up names, like the names of like vitamins and stuff. He was like, that's not what's, that's not what any of them are called. Stupid. I was like, all right, thanks. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Car and I always talk about the stocks on Fridays. And we talked about a little bit on yesterday. Uh, he's funny though. Cause he constantly, he, I was like, man, I swear to God, if you tell me, if you tell me draft Kings one more time, I mean, we got to have more than just DraftKings at the table here. Um, <laughs> I try to find something new for people to to dabble in, or, or just, not necessarily. I'm not even saying you should go out and put money into it, but you might want to go out there and uh, keep an eye on it, right? You know, kind of like if, if it's a fantasy football. Um, I would say the same thing would be true for like, uh, you know, there's receivers and running backs you may not want to grab today, but keep an eye on earmark them, right? Put them as your favorites so you keep an eye on them at all times. Um, anywho, the NFC playoff picture is looking like this right now. You got the Saints at 8-2, and two, Green Bay at 7-3. and three. The Rams in Seattle are sitting at 7-3. and three. Arizona 6-4. and four. Tampa seven and four, and then towards the bottom you have the Bears sitting at five and five, Minnesota, Detroit, and San Francisco all at four and six. And I'm cutting it off there. And then you have teams that are fighting it out for the NFC East. The NFC East is only going to get one team in, right? I'm sure about that <laughs> because <laughs> pretty darn sure about that because the most wins you can get in the NFC East is nine, and that's if you run the table. Yeah. Of any yep. team, nine wins is not going to get you a uh, – it might get a wild card. But you're, anyways, these teams aren't going to run the table. They're three and six right now, three and seven. You're not going to all of a sudden run the table. As, as, as much as I've believed in the Giants, I'm believing in the Giants to go like – when I say I believe in the Giants, I'm talking about believing in the Giants going six and ten, not ten and six. Uh, so um, – Looking at that, you've got to figure the Saints are going to make it and the Packers are going to make it, right? So I almost put them off 
to to the side and say, okay, <laughs> you're in. And then the NFC West, I think they're getting a bare minimum of two teams in. I think they're getting three. They probably are getting three. Yeah, they are probably getting three. The one thing I haven't done a deep dive on is all their schedules and will they knock each other off because that could be a thing. Because you're going to play each other down the stretch and you're obviously going to play each other the last two weeks of the season. Those those could be losses where the the, a team like, we'll say – a Chicago or a Minnesota gets hot and runs the table. Even in theory, Detroit. I look. I put San Francisco in there, but they're four and six, and they got to play the NFC West on the stretch. They really have no shot, right? Yeah. But if you're looking at this, and we're saying four division winners and just three wild cards, supposedly, I still say there's going to be an outbreak, and they're going to kick three or four games to the to the extra week, and they've already said that they're going to make it eighteen or no the that they're going to make it – they won't play an extra week. They'll go to winning percentage. Yep. Which I think is stupid. I think they should just go the extra week. Why, what are we in a hurry to get this done for, right? I'm not in a hurry for football to leave me. So, we, you know, pump the brakes. Chill. Um, and where are you looking at right now handicapping it? If we, if we give the Saints and the Packers the division – Mm-hmm. And we both think the Giants are going to win the division. Regardless, we're going to take the NFC East out of the argument because we kind of just argued that last segment. So you're looking at one divisional winner in the West and three wild cards as of now. Mm-hmm. Who is getting in? So the the Bucks, I think, are getting in. That's a fait accompli. Um, and they have a pretty soft schedule down the stretch, aside from, you know, a couple of interesting games here and there. But I think they're going to get yeah, the Yeah, like wins. they're playing Kansas City this week. Well, okay. no, I'm not counting this week. <laughs> I'm not so. counting this week. <laughs> I think they're getting to 10 and 6 no matter what. Um, so we're really talking about three or four teams for two spots is, is really what we're discussing here. So if you assume that the Rams are going to win the NFC West, which I think they are, you're talking about the Seahawks, Cardinals, Bears, and Vikings basically are the four teams you can consider for two spots. So just going through all their schedules and seeing who has the best shot, I'm going to go through the Cardinals really quick because you mentioned a very salient point that I don't want to gloss over, which is the teams that still have to play each other multiple times. Cardinals and the Rams have not played each other yet this year, and that's very, very important to remember. The Cardinals have already played the Seahawks twice. The Rams have already played the Seahawks once. They still have another game against them um, at SoFi. Uh, But the Rams and the Cardinals have yet to play. The Cardinals are at New England this week. Then they host the Rams. They go to New York to face the Giants, home for the Eagles, home for the Niners. And they finish the season at SoFi against the Rams. That last week of the season could be could be for the Cardinals to make the playoffs and the Rams may have already well sewn up the division at that point. So that could be an interesting one of those interesting week 17 handoffs. I'll I'll I'm going to take the Bears out of this just because <laughs> watching the Bears is is even tougher than watching the Lions. I mean, I I don't know how they get 3 yards. Like that offense is so painful to watch. But that it's defense is so dominant. It's defense is so good, right? They, could they carry them maybe, but they've lost four in a row. They can't score points. They can't move the ball. They can't right. do anything. You have to be able to put points on the board. So uh, I wanted to take a look at the Vikings because they've got a couple of really, really easy games, but they've got some tough road games too. They host the Panthers. They host the Jaguars. They could win both of those. I don't mean to cut you off, but to to your point of your previous uh, 
point that you made about the Bucks having an easy schedule so people know what we're talking about, after they play the Chiefs, they have the Vikings, and they played the Falcons twice and the Lions once. So exactly. I, so I agree they should get at least at least three of those five wins. Right. Exactly. So you figure they're going to be at at least ten wins. Um, I'd love to. I'd love to fade the Vikings or I'd love to fade the Bears. The Bears go at Green Bay, home for Detroit, home for Houston, at Minnesota, at Jacksonville, home for the Packers. I mean, they're going to lose both those Packers games. I, I'll just tell you that probably right now um, because they don't they don't have any way to score on on green bay's defense which is not very good um so you're really talking about the vikings if you think that the cardinals and the seahawks won't both make the playoffs which i think they kind of will i I think we're going to get three teams out of the nfc west and the bucks will be the other wild card the vikings are going to look back at this schedule and have big regrets about this past sunday Oh, yeah. That Dallas game's a huge, huge loss. And screw him anyways because it knocked me out of my survivor pool. It was me and, one other guy, <laughs> me and one other guy left, and I was down to what do I pick, what do I pick? And I, I look, I was like, the, the Vikings at home, come on. You got to be able to beat the Cowboys. And then that was just terrible. That, but they're going to go on, and they're going to play the Panthers this weekend, the Jaguars, at the Bucks and at home against the Bears. Those are possibly three wins. Yep. They'll go to the Saints. You never know about that because the Saints could have that division wrapped up by then. And then the Lions. This team could rattle off. See, they're four and six right now. This this team could rattle off five wins in theory. Bef- they could. Before- if they get to nine and seven, and you know, anything's possible. But nine and seven probably just isn't going to make it unless we get the reprieve. Unless of, unless the Cardinals fall apart, the Cardinals or are unless have we to get lose. the eight. Unless we get the expansion of the eight. Right, the expansion of the eight, or if the Cardinals, you know, lose both the games to the Rams and maybe drop it in New England this week, then all of a sudden, you know, the temperature changes a whole lot, and and you have more teams that are going to be in the thick of it. I. You know, I just don't know. They're going to win that Lions game in Detroit because I don't even think I don't even think Pencilhead's going to be on the sidelines at that point. So you and I, I are hope. both are, are pretty much in agreement that the Rams will probably win the division, mm-hmm. and the other three wild cards will be Seattle, Arizona, and Tampa Bay. Yep. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's. Um, I think that would be tough to beat. Uh, real quick, by the way, uh, as we're coming up on time, the uh, college football six, six pack. Uh, I am taking my stupid underdog Rutgers plus 12. I'm taking the Pitt Panthers to cover 24 and a half against Clemson. I just got a feeling that Dabo Sweeney has just been so freaking focused on not playing Florida <laughs> State. He's forgetting he, 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 he is going to play Pittsburgh this weekend. And Iowa State plus one and a half tomorrow. I'm no, sorry, Friday morning. Uh, that should be a great game. Iowa State's a one half point underdog. They're at Texas. I th- I think I- Iowa State's gonna gonna beat them. Michigan minus two and a half against Penn State. I know that's a lowly game that probably no one's paying attention to, but I'm telling you right now. First of all, I liked what McNamara did Saturday. Looks a lot better. And Penn State is awful. They are just awful. They're bad. And no longer can you say, "Well, James Franklin get it turned around." They're on five. There's no, there's, there's no more of this getting it turned around. The only thing you want to turn around and do is turn around and say, "Hey, we should not be playing football this year because of COVID reasons." That's that's a that should be the company line at Penn State. 
<laughs> we should shut it down. <laughs> this is absurd. There's no reason. Nothing to look over here. And then my, my last game, um, Illinois is playing Ohio State this weekend. The <laughs> team total for Illinois is 20 and a half. 20.5. I don't think Illinois gets there. I think Illinois is going to be hard-pressed to get 20.5 points against what I think is a pretty good Ohio State defense, and it's it's a very, very – I'm going to be nice since it's Thanksgiving. It's a very questionable <laughs> offense at, at, at Illinois. So that is my six-pack. Uh, before we – well, I'll tell you what. Let me do the turn-back times, and then we'll do our um, walk-offs and what we're thankful for. Uh, give me one second to find the. Here we go. If I could turn back time, if I could find a way, I take back those words that On this date, 1988, the Iron Bowl. Auburn beats Alabama. 15 to 10. Of course, the Iron Bowl is going to be played this coming weekend. The Iron Bowl. Uh, Alabama leads at 46, 37, and 1 all time. And this dates back to 1893. But remember, there was like a 40-year stretch where Alabama and Auburn didn't play because they, they fought and argued and would not play each other, wouldn't face each other on the field. And... Uh, if there's one game you're going to watch this weekend, make sure you watch the Iron Bowl. It's just it's, it's it's a tradition, and at least we do get the Iron. At least they were smart enough to realize the Iron Bowl needed to be on Thanksgiving weekend. I'm still very disappointed in a lot of schools: Florida State and Florida not figuring out a way to play it. Georgia, Georgia Tech, Clemson, South Carolina out of conference, but in conference. I'm sorry, man. Thanksgiving weekend, I expect to wake up to noon Eastern. Michigan versus Ohio State, whether it's a close game or not, that leads it off. The Iron Bowl is always at 3.30, and then Florida State, Florida is wherever the hell they decide to put it that year, depending on how good the teams are. I really wish yep. I really wish Florida State and Florida would grasp the idea of playing on Friday, Thanksgiving weekend. Because yep. if they were the three thirty kickoff on Friday Thanksgiving weekend, that could be a tradition people would get into. They don't do it because they want. It's a it, it's all bureaucratic BS. But anyways, um, floor state floor. They should either do that or they should say, "Look, if you're going to make us play on Saturday every year, then we want to be the night game, no, no, no matter where the game's played at." But they don't yep. do that because of television rights and all that junk. But yet somehow the Iron Bowl is always at three thirty, in Michigan. Ohio State's always at noon. So what the hell are we doing here? Just say, okay, that's fine. Then we're, then we're always going to be 730. And you can put us on ABC Game of the Week, or you can put us on the Ocho. It's up to you. But we're but we're, but we're suiting up at 730. That's what they should be doing. Birthdays. It's your birthday today. 57 years old today. We've talked about the Miami Dolphins quite a bit recently. We've talked about the Cleveland Browns quite a bit recently. Bernie Kosar is 57 years old today. Uh, obviously, uh, also of a uh, of Miami Hurricane fame. I used to love to watch Bernie Kosar when he was in Cleveland. His he was the original sidearm. 
He was Philip Rivers before Philip Rivers knew what Philip Rivers was. Yep. He was, he was the just, original, the original shot put passer. Came out like this. It, it, it was almost like a, it was almost like a submarine pitcher. Like yep. watching him throw the ball looks, it was like Dan Quisenberry coming out of the bullpen. So love to watch him. Um, Christina Applegate is forty nine years old today. That makes you feel old. It does. By the way, if people haven't seen Dead to Me on Netflix, very good show. It's two seasons. And they've got a third one coming. It's very, it's it's funny. It's a very good show. The the girl that starred on uh, Freaks and Geeks is on it as well. And there was Linda one Cardellini. My wife loves that show. Are you not a fan? I, I just I'm not a big TV watcher. I'm I'm still I'm still catching up on stuff I missed. I'm tearing through Justified, and then I've still never watched Breaking Bad. I'm going to go back and watch that. Is that because you're doing more video games than than TV or? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's it's really just because I work so much and I have teenage kids. <laughs> I don't have a no, lot seriously, of time for no, it. Seriously, seriously, I know you. <laughs> Is it because your video game? Because I'm saying, man, you got to put a TV next to your video game so you can do both. I've done that for years. You you know that? Or yes, do, I do know that. Or do you have to focus on the video game and you don't want to? You don't want anything distracting you? Because I get yeah, that part that's, too. Yeah, that's more it. Is okay. I have to have a single thing to hold my attention. I like having I, – I, it's usually a ball game that's on the other, other TV. but Right. Sports is different. I can put sports on, you know, and, and be doing literally anything and still be paying attention to but the you're sports. Concerned, it doesn't matter. But, but you're concerned if you have a movie or something on that you're going to be sitting there staring there with your mouth hanging open, and meanwhile you're playing Madden and you didn't see the blindside blitz. <laughs> or you got, <laughs> Right. Or you, I got crushed. Or, you've, or you do like I do and get up to go get something to drink and forget what you're doing, come back and you've had nine delay game penalties. Because, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you mean first and 45? What? The, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, also, happy birthday real quick, and then we'll move on. Uh, 44 years old. I actually thought he'd be older than this. Donovan McNabb. I still think he's underrated. They used to kill him all the time about not winning a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Donovan McNabb was an incredible quarterback. And he really incredible. was he really was the pre-Mahomes type of era. When you talk about scrambling quarterbacks, they could throw the ball well. There's two guys that come to my mind in real. There were good quarterbacks, not just chuckers. Because Randall Cunningham was a chucker. It's Stephen Young and Donovan McNabb. And then, yep. everyone, and then everyone else was – they were doing stuff 20, 30 years ago that you're starting to see come to – you know, is embraced today. Um, threw this question out at you. What, it, what are you thankful for in the uh, world of sports? I'm just thankful that we have sports. Um, I'm thankful that I got to see a Stanley Cup playoff, which is obviously my favorite playoffs. Um, I'm thankful that, you know, we're getting college basketball back today. We didn't really get to talk about that much, but Michigan's going to be on television today. NTSU is going to be on television today. Um, there've been some, you know, some, some COVID things already there, mostly at Tennessee and some other programs, but I'm just thankful. I'm just thankful that we're going to have some sports. I'm thankful that, you know, it, it seems like the, the light is coming at the end of the tunnel for this whole pandemic. So, you know, we just have to get through, we've gotten through this much of it. You know, we've gotten through 10, 11 months of it at this point. We need to get through, you know, probably three to six more months before we can go back to some semblance of normalcy. Um, but I'm just grateful, you know, for my family. I'm grateful for my health, grateful for my friends, people like you, Tony, Matt, you know, Trosh, everybody that we interact with all the time. 
Um, and I hope everybody, you know, doesn't take anything for granted. We've all lost people. Some people have lost, you know, folks this year, you know, a friend of the program, someone we both like very much, Jerome Jurenovich, you know, lost his mother this year. Um, it's a tough holidays for some people. So don't ever forget that. Um, you know, don't be out on Black Friday yelling at the barista at Starbucks because your coffee took four minutes instead of three. Don't be that person. Just just be grateful for what you have because there's plenty that we're all thankful for. I'll I'll be interested to see what the Black Friday numbers are this year because I, I I think they're going to be down. I I just I think yeah more, I, I, I think, think more stuff's going to be sure, online, but, right? You know, um, yeah. I th I think all in all the the same amount of money is probably going to be spent, but. With all the it's stuff that's gonna going be channeled. on, you 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 got to be, be special. Yeah, I mean you're you're going to be special kind of crazy. To be out there at six a.m. fighting and farting and snotting and everything else with someone in line at a freaking uh, at a Walmart to get a forget a television. I've done it. Thirty dollars. Done it one time in my whole adult. Yeah, life but you and I didn't do it, it. during the it. pandemic. Is my point. No, yeah. No, whether exactly. people believe what you know the severity of the pandemic, whether they do or don't, that's not the point. The point is. Don't be a dumbass. It's like my grandfather <laughs> always told me when he said, you know, he didn't like organized religion and da 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 da, and say, well, why do you have this huge Bible that sits next to you, next to you, you know, every night when you're drinking whiskey and, and cussing religion? He's like, well, don't be a dumbass. You got to cover your bases. Well, what if I'm wrong? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And to your point. I know a lot of people get worried about the, what, what side of the aisle you're on, red or blue. The fact that the medical community working with the with the government has been able to, we now have five, they say maybe even seven by the end of this month, five vaccines that are 90% plus that could be available to the consumer by early, early next year. Remember when this first came out, they were talking like, they were talking like, Five years, and when they bid Operation Warp Speed, I think a lot of us rolled our eyes. And go okay, uh, <laughs> you know they still can't. Uh, I mean, only thing I want to know is like, what's going on with the you know with the common flu? We can't get rid of that thing. Um, but uh, my um, thankful. I, I've said I've been thankful for a lot of things, and I think Sean froze up on me or something. But anyways, um, either that or he's about to pledge allegiance. Uh, okay, he's back. <laughs> you froze literally like this for about, I'd say, a minute and a half. I, I didn't know if I was interrupting the pledge at first. Um, <laughs> but but mine, you know, I, I've talked about the, other, the, the stuff in the world of sports that, that I've been thankful for all week long, you know, from my fantasy football team to stuff that happened, you know, with baseball and football and whatnot. But, th but th today I want to say – that you know, mine is y'all. I'm I'm I, I am thankful to be able to talk to a great group of guys every single week, Sean included. You know, Justin and Steven and Tony and Matt. And I, I feel like I'm forgetting names. I apologize, Angelo. Um, to be able to talk sports every week and then have the listeners and viewers on Facebook that chime in and interact with us. I'm thankful for that. I'm glad we at least got some sports to get us through the pandemic because man i was at wits in about three months in and i'm just doing you know let's do a turn back time flashback of the 1982 <laughs> baseball game that was played on you know june 3rd that had nothing to do with the race because i ran out of things to talk about so uh, you know i'm all in all i'm i'm thankful for that and we wouldn't be here without you and also people give them a lot of slack but i'm actually going to give love today to 
couple of companies that people give slack to. I'm thankful for Facebook and Zoom because they make this possible and it's made it so much better to be able to see y'all as opposed to just do do the phone calls. And I think it gives more mm-hmm. of a personal touch so that everyone can see what y'all look like as well. And then, of course, CBS Radio, the company that essentially runs our app. I have very little to do with that. So I'm thankful for that. And uh, if it went for all this, I'd still be in some apartment in middle Tennessee screaming at my television with nobody listening. So I'm thankful for this. I'm also thankful for my wife. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. She's about the only one that can put up with me. Um, you got to walk off for the upcoming sports weekend. I got, uh, I got uh, all kinds of walk-offs in my head, but everyone just enjoy yourself. Please stay safe. Um, for me personally, go Michigan today. Uh, year two of the Juwan Howard experiment. I really liked what I saw last year. I'm very excited to watch him play today. Give me three games that you definitely have to watch over the next four days, five five days, if you if you want to count today. Uh, the opener for Michigan men's basketball today, Bowling Green, uh, hosting Bowling Green. Um, okay. I'll say uh, Lions, Lions and Texans, just out of out of necessity. Right. And then um, all eyes for me are going to be on Colts Titans on Sunday, um, just because that's I, that's a huge game. I can't undersell how huge that game is. I have a lot of Titans fans in my life. Um, but obviously my son being a Colts fan, uh, puts me in direct conflict with those folks. So I I think it's going to be a great game. It should be a treat to watch. And, um, those are going to be the things that I'm going to be watching over the next couple of days. Since you took Colts Titans, I'll leave that off, but that one is huge bucks versus Kansas city. I really want to see that. It'd be great. I want to see how it unfolds. I'm going to say tomorrow. I, man, I can't wait for that. Baltimore Pittsburgh game that's going to be incredible mm-hmm. and normally my entire list would be loaded up with college football games but because we have less to pick from I'm going to pick one off the beaten path Notre Dame North Carolina intrigues me because I think North Carolina's got a chance to upset them but give me Iowa State Texas Friday morning um, that's a little better game that we that we're used to seeing on on, on Friday morning Usually Thanksgiving That's Friday morning, one. you're like, I don't know, what the hell, what am I turning on here? And it's, what is it, the the Nebraska-Iowa game? That Thanks <laughs> a lot for that, by the way, because when you and I were kids, it was Nebraska-Oklahoma on Friday afternoon. Yep. I'm saying, I'm just telling you all, someone needs to take advantage of the fact that there's nothing there every Friday in Thanksgiving. Florida State, Florida, whoever wants to t- jump on it. You're, you're going to get a following, and it's going to help your overall recruiting. Yep. What does every what does every dad say? Every husband say on Friday, normally no pandemic. Yeah, I'm not going to Black Friday with yeah, that's yeah, I'm out, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I got stuff to do around the house and and then that's when you're kinda half ass ironing, but you're staring at the television. All right, brother, uh, have a great week. I thought I'd wash the cars today. (laughs) (laughs) It's snowing outside. Oh, you said you were going to wash the cars. Well, it's not my fault it didn't rain. I mean, that's you know, that's on y'all. <laughs> <laughs> have a good Thanksgiving, Bob. We'll see you next week. Have, have a great one. We'll see you next Wednesday. Uh, I know it's not Friday, but I'm treating it like a Friday, so here we go. It's Friday, Working Stiffs. Everybody. Four, three, two, one. Happy weekend. <laughs> I've got a hundred dollars smoking in my billfold. I know I ought to save it, but it's burning a hole. It's Friday, Friday, I'm free again. I got my motor running for a while. 
Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks for listening to Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. (laughs) Armchair Quarterback Radio comes your way every day. Find Armchair Quarterbacks Radio on Facebook today. And don't forget to tap that app. The Armchair Quarterbacks app is free to download, and you can take us anywhere you go. You can hear the whole show every day on Armchair Quarterbacks app. you haven't downloaded it yet, the Armchair Quarterbacks app is the best app you can tap today. Google Android, Apple iPhone. That's right, download it, tap that app today. You can take the Armchair Quarterbacks app anywhere. Free to download, free to use, and important to have. Download it today. Tap that Armchair Quarterbacks app. The best in Southeast sports talk. Listen live or catch the replay. I kind of like